if you have your Bible, please turn to Proverbs chapter 3. And uh, no, if there's ever a book we need to, uh, you need to read, you know, sometimes people ask, what, what book shall I read? Read Proverbs, okay? Um, when I became a Christian, I didn't know anything. I didn't grow up in a Christian background. Uh, but I had one thing going for me, and that was that I could follow instructions, okay? And when someone said to me, read Proverbs, and it's very easy, there's 31 chapters, one chapter for every day, okay? And I've done that for 30 plus years now, and it never amazes me that that after so many years, there's still so many new things that you can glean from the Word of God. And that's because of that the, the Bible is not like a book, like any other book. It is like that when you grow, the word grows too. Amen? It's just like the food. You know, I don't know about you, but uh, when I go back to Denmark, when I've not been back to Denmark for a while, I have these images in my head about how the food tastes. And then finally I go back and eating it, and it didn't taste like how I remember it. Uh, there's another thing where I was uh, on YouTube, now, now we're living in the age of YouTube, and it's amazing. I don't know who puts all these weird things on YouTube, but I'm Googling, okay? And I remember, I used to, there's a football game, I remember, and uh, I think I was nine years old, and it was Christmas, day, Boxing Day, and it was snowing, and I remember it was this wonder goal, and I told Matthew about it all the time. It was a club called West Province Albion who beat Man United 5-3. I, I, can, I, I thought I remember. And I said to him, where's this striker? He scores, a st- he strikes the goal from the halfway line. And I told Matthew about that for years. When finally I found it on YouTube, he was at the edge of a penalty area. <laughs> so it was completely not what I remembered it. But, but the thing is that with, with the Word of God, don't ever approach it as it is a book. Uh, we, we can learn something from the Jewish culture in these things, but they, the Torah, the, the, what we call the first five books, what we call the first five books in the Bible, but they call it the Torah, they actually name it. It's a person. So when a, when a Torah is worn out, it's actually, we're actually having a funeral. Okay? And um, uh, anyway, but, um, it, but this is different, but if you, in Proverbs chapter 3, there are certain things that uh, I want to share with you. And I believe that if you are applying it, you will see it manifest in your life. And it's so important we understand that the Bible reading, Christianity, is not about we are, uh, we are agreeing with a set of philosophical values or a custom or a tradition or a culture. It's all about can I get what is saying here into my reality? If it's not in your reality, uh, it's only up here. It's worth nothing. You know, like I know we, we, we're living in a culture where it says it's the thought that counts, and none of us believes that now Christmas is coming up. Oh, where is my present? Oh, I've, it's, I wanted to buy this for you. Where is it? Oh, it's the thought that counts. I, I can promise you. There's no, there's no way it's before it becomes. I had a friend, and his mom, so, uh, no, his, his mom, now I have to think of her. No, his dad asked his mom, that's how I would say it, 
what do you want for Christmas, dear? And when the wife said, oh, it doesn't matter. I, you love me, that's more than enough. So the husband, he's, he took her on word value. So at Christmas, the husband had bought this big box, heavy. I, you know, it's like tradition in Denmark, we buy the Christmas, and then we put them under the tree, and we're laying on, lying under the tree for a while. The wife, she saw this big box with her name on. She even lifted it. Oh, wow, this is heavy. Oh, she, she was very excited. Christmas Eve came. We opened our presents at Christmas Eve. We don't want to get punished like the English, getting woken up early in the morning. So, so when it was my friend's mom's turn to get her present, she was very happy. Wrapping was very nice. The Danes are good at wrapping presents. Okay, you know, in Denmark, when you buy a Christmas present, you don't need to wrap it. They do it in the shop. Okay, and you don't even have to pay for it. And anyway, she wrapped the paper, and the first thing she saw was four letters. The box was green, and it said B O S, uh, five letters. She hates. <laughs> so her husband had bought her a drill. <laughs> I'm telling you, she never thought, said anymore that it doesn't matter what, because she was not too pleased getting a drill. Okay, I don't know. I, I, I realized when I got married, whenever we get gifts as a couple now, it's not for me. <laughs> Have you noticed that? It's always for something in that can decorate the house or whatever. Who cares about that? You know? It's always for the wife. So when we someone gives us, I don't even bother when it, when, when it comes to gift to say to Kurt and you, you open it. I don't not bother. <laughs> I don't. I think we need to change that tradition. Anyway, no. So back to this thing. Always when you read the Word of God, it's better you read one verse with the attitude of saying, if that verse speaks to me, I'm doing it. When reading four chapters. And you've forgotten before you close the book. Because it's all about application, application, application. It's all about that can people see the gospel. Amen. We're not here to argue about theological doctrines. Because many people can have the right doctrines, but they don't have the life. Okay, I know people who've taught prosperity for 30 plus years. And they still live on benefits. You know, it doesn't match. I still know people who's, you know, so even, I have friends who are nearly 80 years old. I've known them for so long. They're still asking me that I need, uh, if I can pray for them to find a spouse. And I said, no, no, that train is gone, long gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, we have to understand everything with the gospel has to be manifested because it's life that we are preaching it's not a it's not philosophy it's not something a good idea whatever it is life that we are preaching when we talk about that you need to be born again it's not we, we are not saying you need to come to church we're saying you need to be born again and you can come to church but not being born again but you can also be born again not being in church but if you are born again there will be a longing to go to church Okay, anyway, so it starts out in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. It says, My child, 
my child. This is the foundation. If you are not born again, you cannot understand the word of God. I, I, when I came to England, yeah. I, I, I couldn't differentiate between who was born again and who was not born again. Everything was just Christian. So I spent a lot of time with Anglican priests until I realized one day they were not born again. They, they, they knew the Bible from a theological point, philosophical point, cultural point, historical point, but they did not know God. And here the foundation is, you know, that when God interacts with you, it's always on a personal level. Do you understand? And he starts out here in chapter 3, my child. He doesn't say child. He doesn't say human being. He doesn't say anything but my child. You know, you have to understand, the first thing before you can say anything to anyone, you have to take responsibility. That's why I detest people who are calls themselves Christian. It can either be on the street corner in the city center, or it can be on Facebook or YouTube or wherever, that are so busy telling everyone else what we are supposed to do. Because that's not what we are supposed to do. We have no right to tell anyone what to do if we have not first taken responsibility. Amen? I would love to, as I said to you many times, I would love to correct the neighbor's kids. You know, when, when I, before I had children, when I saw other people's children, I said, if that was my child, you know, I could sort them out quickly. You know, but, uh, what kind of parents are that? Until we had our own men realize it's a completely different thing. Okay? It's easy to stand there and point fingers and say what everyone else should do. But that's not Christianity. But sadly so, this is what Christianity have done a lot of times, where we have been so self-righteous, standing there and telling everyone else what we should be doing, and we are not doing it ourselves. Before we can say anything to anyone, we have to first take responsibility. That's the foundation. So when someone comes and tells you, you should be doing this, that, and the other, the first thing you should ask yourself, who are you to me? And if they are not taking responsibility for you, if they can only point out what is wrong and not lead you to a solution, just ignore them. Because they have no authority. They have no anointing. You know, we not, I don't know if you realize, we do not need to be anointed to tell, tell people what is wrong. Have you noticed that? That comes natural. We, that's a natural gift we all have. So it starts out, my child. He doesn't even say, my people. He says, my child. Amen? That's the foundation. So when he says, do not forget my teaching. Do not forget my teaching. And now notice here he says, forget. In our culture, we very often apply that. In, uh, we make a mental note. Remember what I said, Jerry? Uh, when Jerry writes it down in a notepad. And when I wake him up 2 o'clock in the morning, what did I say? Oh, you said this. No, that's not what it means. Do you understand? That's not what it means. When, when the Bible says, do not forget, okay, do not forget my teaching. Do not forget my teaching. That means, keep doing what I have taught you. That's what it means. When I keep doing what I've been taught, that means I don't forget. But in my culture, in the Western culture, in the Hellenistic, the Greek culture, where we all are, uh, this society is built up upon, that not forgetting is about putting a mental note that I remember mentally 
okay? But, it's, but, but what he's saying here is, do not forget means keep doing what I have told you to do. Do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Notice again, God talking, it, it doesn't, when you see the interaction between God and man, he used the word commandments. You know, God is, he, Moses did not come down from the mountain with the ten suggestions. Amen? It was the ten commandments. The Ten Commandments. Why is it like that? Because our relationship with God is based upon faith. No, we can either have faith, or we cannot have faith, or we can trust, or we can distrust. In New Testament, it says the Bible says that now God commands all men to repent. Mm-hmm. Why do you use command? Because because now you are put on a choice. Now you need to make a choice: do you obey or do you disobey? If God does not come down and say, I think it's a good idea you get saved. No, because if he said that, he could, we, we could not be judged at the end of days where those who got saved goes to heaven and those who not goes to hell. Because if it is a suggestion, you're not disobeyed. So when God speaks, and this is why that you can see, this is the way you're discerning when, when, this, when these people who always claim they hear from God is that they always talk about God in terms of suggestions. It's never a relationship in terms of commandments. Because if they knew it was a commandment, they wouldn't tell you, they will do it. And if they're doing it, they don't need to tell you because then you can see it. Okay, I, I was sending a video to uh, Pastor Dennis Balcom here. The, I was, you know, I, I don't know, if, I'm, I'm too young, for, I didn't know who he was, but uh, this guy, what's his name, who's been banned on Twitter, like, Can I West or something like that. And when there's this, he's one of, uh, a prophet called Sean, uh, so-called prophet called Sean Balls, and he has a 20 minutes program about that, he's born again and so on. And, uh, you know, it's a false prophet. Can I West is not a born again believer. If you can, uh, if you put swastikas on all sorts of things, you know, you're not a born again believer, okay? Uh, anyway, well, how do I get to that? Are you not taking notes? On <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, you know, back to this thing about commandments. Either you obey or you disobey. And it's not, don't take this disobey like rebellion, but either, you know, when, because when you know it's God, you will do. Okay, anyway, verse 2, so, but, so now, verse 1 is the condition, mm-hmm. verse 2 is the result. Amen. So when you have that relationship with God, and you keep doing what he told you to do, when it says in verse 2, for length of days and years of life and abundant welfare, they will give you. Amen. Amen. Do you know what is wonderful? We not just promised a long life. We promised a long, blessed life. Amen. Amen. When, I, when I was young, I used to think that when I become old, I want to be one of these guys who sits in, on a bench complaining about everything. <laughs> uh, remember Muppet Show? No, don't move Muppet Show. 
you know, the two old men on the balcony who was who was negative about everything. Mm. I could really, oh yeah, they were my. <laughs> I, who cares about Kermit and Miss Piggy? No, the two old men, they were really good. <laughs> no matter what we did, it was never good enough. But anyway, here, so so if you want to have live a long life, live a long, blessed, abundant life, mm. it is found in that you have that relationship with your heavenly father and you keep doing what he said because when i keep doing what he said i don't forget i don't forget you know i i you know what you can forget but as, even if you put it on your fridge as a sticker even if you put on facebook as a as a note <laughs> you can forget but if you keep doing it you will never forget Amen. and i and out of that my child, do not forget my teaching, but let my heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and abundant welfare. They will give you. Notice also the word, they will give you. Do you know what success finds you? When you, see, when you, when you find Jesus, success finds you. Don't chase success. Don't chase. You know, the Bible talks about money is like a, like have wings. So every time you're chasing it, it just flies away. Amen. But if you chase God, just for one eight nine says success finds you. Amen. Amen. You know, Matthew six thirty four talks about seek first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and all these things. This is all the material things he adds up will be added, added, no effort, added. No, if you want to spend, the only thing the Bible really talks about that you should spend money on wisdom, gain wisdom, gain wisdom, gain wisdom. Why? Because if you have wisdom, all the other things will be added. I know people when I go out walking. You know, now I start walking four o'clock in the morning. Now it's actually interesting. It was just a note I made. Apart from taxis, uh, I see all these really expensive cars driving. I, I said to you, I didn't realize there were so many people were driving Porsche in our area. No, but they're they're really really working hard. No, and they have a lot, but I don't think they're enjoying it. Because, you know, imagine going to work four o'clock in the morning just so that you can drive in a car that no one can see you're driving. <laughs> you know, because everyone is still asleep. <laughs> what's, the, what's the point? Can you see that? So, so for, so, because usually I used to start walking after I dropped the kids to school or something like that, wouldn't I? But when, when I walk away from the class, I see all these cars. I say, wow. It's, it's like it was no anyway this, I was going to say a joke here, but I'm not but we, have, we have to be careful what you're saying now because now we're not even allowed to ask where are you from racist <laughs> didn't you see that you could show up in an African dress and someone asks you get offended you get offended but where are you from I would be offended if they didn't ask me <laughs> what no, if, if I make the effort to show up in my national dress, show you, and someone say, oh, are you from Hackney? <laughs> no, I will be really offended with, can you see, it says Korea all over. No. <laughs> oh, anyway, 
really crazy world. Okay, so for length of day, so if you want to live long, here you have the prescription. Here you have that you have a relationship with Jesus. Keep doing what he taught you. Okay, verse 3. Do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. I remember many, 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 many years ago, I heard a preacher and uh, they asked him, what is the secret for but your success? And But you can uh, apply that to anyone. I don't know why I keep staring at all these stones here. Uh, that... Uh, and you would, so, uh, you would uh, many of times, I was thinking something like, oh, it's because I got this gift, or I have that skill, I have that education, or I have that training, or I have that opportunity, or whatever. But he said one thing, and he used the word longevity. Mm. Now, this is, uh, longevity is really loyalty in application. Mm. It, it used to be, I don't think they do that anymore. That uh, when people retire, they used to get a gold watch because they for 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 long and faithful service. You don't see that anymore. But you, I remember when many many years ago, that I said to some people that that if you want to progress in your position, you have to stay because many of times when when you keep moving and moving and moving. You will never get promoted. Why? Because when no one knows who you are. It's not because you're not good at your job, but, but if they don't know who you are, they can't promote you. But if we keep moving and moving and moving and moving, the problem is we keep moving, moving and moving. We have to start all over again and again and again and again all the time. And uh, now I'm not a gardener, praise God for that. But, uh, but when someone said to me that when you transplant a plant, but every time you transplant a plant, the root network gets weaker and weaker. Okay? And that's where loyalty, you know, loyalty brings strength. You know, without loyalty, you cannot have a strong relationship. Without loyalty, nothing lasts. Okay? So, so do not let loyalty and faithfulness you know, I like it. I, sometimes it's good to play with the words faithful. What is better? Turn the words around. Full of faith. Mm. Full of faith. And no, a person full of faith is faithful. Yes. A person full of faith is faithful. One of the one things I caught from Mr. Somal as a young preacher, he said this thing to me. Don't ever work with a man who is committed adultery. And I, at that time, I didn't understand what he meant. But what he said, when he said, because if he's willing to betray his oath to his wife, it's only a matter of circumstances for him to betray you. So don't ever trust a man who have committed adultery. Because manipulate the circumstances, and that man will do the same to you. Okay? Faithfulness. Do you know what one of the characteristics with God is towards us? Faithfulness. Amen. Amen. And when, even when we fall short, He's faithful. Even when he, he, we fall short, He is faithful. 
is you know we are not where we are today because of our great faith because of our great strength because of our great whatever we, you know we are here today because of his faithfulness amen do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you bind them round your neck write them on tablets of your heart basically what he's saying here let that be your characteristic when people look at you they should see loyalty and faithfulness do you know that this is a huge problem in the body of christ today and do you know how they're betraying their loyalty and faithfulness they use the name of jesus they say jesus showed me jesus told me do you know what? I have had people over the years as a pastor, you wouldn't believe what people have told me, what God had told me. Oh, God told me to divorce my wife. No, he would never say that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have five dreams and two pizzas. Oh, no, no, it was five pizzas and two dreams. You know, but, um, but they're using the name of Jesus to justify disloyalty and unfaithfulness. Okay? But, you know, God will never tell you anything that will make you compromise your character. Mm. He will never tell you anything that will compromise your dignity. Okay, there are times where we have to humble ourselves, but that is not being ashamed or something like that. But God will never do that. But I've seen it so many times. You know, I used to... When people came and said, oh, God told me to come here. So I said, yeah, when is God going to come? The countdown has already started for when God is going to tell you to go somewhere else. I remember we had a couple many, many years ago, uh, an English couple, and I remember that they came from another church. So I called the pastor. I said, how are these people? And he just laughed over the phone. And he just said, oh, enjoy it while we're there. Okay, I think we say the year or something like that. But... And, and the sad thing about it is, they still believe they are following Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that you're not following Jesus because they, they not because they lived here. No, because of, if they don't have loyalty and faithfulness in their character, okay, that is so important. So do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. I, I saw what verse four. Now, again, free is the condition. For is the substance of the condition. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and of people. Do you know that there are some people who say, I don't care what people think as long as God is with me. You know what? It sounds really holy, but it's rebellion. You know, but you remember King David? King David spiritually so to speak he was king of israel and judea the day samuel anointed him in his father's home mm-hmm. that was the time that, that was the moment he had the anointing but in the natural was he king no how it took about it took many years do you know what happened before he became king the elders of judea had to anoint him mm-hmm. the elders of israel had to anoint him and now he was king do you know what it says about Jesus? He grew in favor with God and man. So it's not just say, oh, I stand God's with me, God's with me. You know what? You know, that's just rebellion. I, you know, I, I know most people who, who say, I don't care what people think about me. They're the one who really cares. Okay? 
one really cares. We're just fishing for, for compliments, okay? I don't care what people say. Oh, you're wonderful. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, people are, but so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and of people. And you know what? You have to succeed here. God wants you to succeed here. And they say, for us to succeed here, we have to have a good reputation with him and with people. What is, what is, what is a reputation? How do you get a reputation? That comes from what you repeatedly do. Your reputation comes from what you repeatedly do. Amen. And I'm telling you that you need... If God told you, oh, God told me I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, yes, you need favor with God and with man. Not one of the other, you need both. Of course, it's God who gives you the promotion, but everything comes through people. Okay? So, five, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Trust in the Lord. And now again, remember, trust is faith. Trust is doing. Okay? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Whenever, you know, many years ago, there used to be this movement in America called, what would Jesus do? And sometimes it's good to ask yourself that question before you're standing in before a situation. What would Jesus do? Okay? Someone annoys you, what would Jesus do? Kill him. No, no. <laughs> what would Jesus No, okay. What would Jesus do? Okay? And so trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely... No, so now this is the part. And do not rely on your own inside. Do you, do you know, don't ever trust a person who does not have faith. Because if, if they don't have anything above you, up above them, they only walk walking according to their own moral codex. And you know, I know with me, you know with probably with your own lives, that can change depending on the circumstances. Okay, there are things where we look, we can look at, oh, I can't live without that. I can't live without that. I can't live without that. Let me get alone. I need that thing. I need that thing. I need that thing. When you get that thing, where is that thing? I don't know where that thing is. Oh, that thing in the recycling bag now. Okay, we, we cannot trust ourselves. Okay, faith is when we trust Him above ourselves. Okay, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. I'm telling you, always be teachable. Or no matter how long you have done it, don't ever fall into a trap and believe, now I know how it's going to be done. Because there's always someone who can add something to improve what you know, even if you're an expert. Always be teachable. You know, I know... You know if, uh, I know people who have been ill for years and years and years and trying to teach them. I say, oh, I mean, they're always replying to me, I know, I know, I know. I went one day and said, obviously you don't know enough because you're still ill. So why don't you listen? But we're not teachable because we've been brought up in a culture where Christianity is an opinion, it's a doctrine, it's a philosophy. So it's about, oh, it's just about I know. 
If you know what, I only know what I can do. I can tell you how to. I, you give me any book about any subject, I can teach it to you. But I don't know it because I can't do it. I can even teach you how to fly an airplane, as long as you don't ask me to take you out for a flight. <laughs> when, when you will have fate, <laughs> when you go, you'll be like Heather, you'll really be helping the pilot when we <laughs> So you, can, so you go to an airplane and you see four sausages on each side of a handle, you can say, Hannah was here. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I don't know uh, when you're landing in Toronto, it's really funny because there's always a lot of turbulence in when you fly into the. I don't know why, but it is. And it's there's a, suddenly you find out, oh wow, I'm in I'm in a plane with full of believers. <gasps> oh Jesus! <laughs> and when you find out who's anyway. No, but do not be wise in your own. Always be open. I, I, I came across something that might, you might interest. I don't know what you were taught in the Philippines during World War II. But, you know, General MacArthur, what was his famous words? I, I, I shall be back. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, even, even when the pictures where he walking on the beach, and they have to retake it because he came too quick. <laughs> so we have to put him back in the boat, new trousers on, and when he walked in. Anyway, it was his pride that got hurt when the Japanese came, and we have to evacuate the Philippines. And that's where he said, I shall be back. Do you know, if the Allies, United States and, and Britain, if they have gone straight for Japan, and not... Uh, followed General MacArthur's words to go to liberate the, the Philippines. World War II would have finished two, no, six months earlier, and the Philippines would have been liberated without any bloodshed. But because he thought he knew better, okay? You know, if I'm ill, if I have symptoms in my body, my starting point is I don't know enough. So when I approach someone, I must come with an approach that I know nothing. You know, you know yourself as a nurse, if you get ill, <laughs> you know, it, it, it doesn't matter if you pull your degree paper up, oh, <laughs> I'm still ill, you know. You need to subject yourself to another nurse, another doctor, whatever, isn't it? But as Christians, many times, we can't do that. Because we got this wrong understanding of what the gospel is. So when I said, so when I said, to, so I said, oh, I don't do it. Oh, I know that. I know that. I know that. Uh, when I read the scripture, oh, I know that. Oh. And they think it's all about knowledge. No, it's not. It's about knowing. And knowing is not being. Knowing is not being informed. Knowing is, can I do? As I said to you, there are many preachers who preach about healing and no one gets healed. And I said to him, you are not a healing preacher. Yes, because I preach healing. Yeah, but you're not doing healing. We're not so, our job is not to do preach healing. Our job is to do healing. Our jo job is not to preach salvation. Our job is to get people saved. Our job is not to preach forgiveness. Our job is to forgive. Okay? 
So trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. He will make straight your path. And it's basically another way of saying this thing, that God will perfect that which concerns you. Amen? Now, what's it? Uh, I said verse 8. Now this, no, no, sorry, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Sorry, I, I, I was ahead of myself. Oh, I, so, verse 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Verse 8 here. Condition. Manifestation. It will be a healing for your flesh. Amen? Yes. No, so, so if you need healing, you don't need to wait for a famous preacher to come and put his five sausages on your head or whatever uh, custom he does. He says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Mm-hmm. What is evil? To trust yourself. Okay? And when they say it will be healing for your flesh and a refreshment for your body. Amen. I need especially the last one, refreshment. I'm telling you, sometimes when I wake up, it's like a lot of noise. The bones are... (laughs) So anyway, but the thing is that the paths of healing do not be wise in your own eyes. You know what? The problem is very often that what, what was taught in the 80s and 90s in the body of Christ has now have become really, really deep into people's thinking is that they're thinking that they can study themselves to be healed. You can't study yourself to be healed. You have to have an encounter with Jesus. You can know all the healing scriptures in the Bible and still die sick. You can know all the prosperity scriptures in the Bible and it will still be a big zero on your bank account. Because we can't, you know, Jesus is not a subject. He's a person. You know that if you grow up with a sibling, if you copy your sibling's behavior towards your parents to get the same uh, response as your sibling did, it won't work. Because your parents, you might think they're stupid, but they're not that stupid. But when you try to be an imitation of your other sibling, they know there's something here that you want. Okay? We can't study ourselves to, to, to healing. You know, this whole approach to the Word of God where we need to study the Bible as a subject is a warm approach. We need to approach it as a relationship with a living person. If we don't do that, we go wrong. Yes, you can say the Bible says this, yes, the Bible says that, but there is no life. I know Christians where life they live like uh, cats and dogs, and 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 they, and they can, you know we have this marriage course in Denmark, and you know when I look back at everyone, including the those who taught it, they're all divorced now, because they are taught you have to say to your husband you love him. Oh, okay. How many times? Five times. Okay, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. See you tomorrow. <laughs> That's how it, it, you know, it doesn't work like that. You know, if you keep keeping scores, it doesn't work. This is not how it works. I know, 
I know a, I know a couple. We are one who had diamond anniversary here uh, this month. 60 years anniversary of marriage. I'm telling you, if you listen to them speaking to one another, you would think they're on the brink of divorce. Because that does not fit into any kind of marriage counseling book of how to communicate in a marriage. But it's because it's a relationship. Mm. No, actually, if you go to my part of Denmark, this is really doesn't fit into anything. You know, like uh, in our culture, uh, in my area, it's like if you if you come to my hometown, if someone is very polite to you, be very worried <laughs> because that means we don't like you. Mm. But if they're really offensive to you, oh, you're one of us. We can offend you. You really. So I have a friend. She's from Norway. She couldn't understand our culture, and there was an elder in our church, and he's like, and she always never really could get on with him. You know, like it's not that she didn't like him and he didn't like her. It was just like there was no connection. And when one day she went up to him, oh, hello, you're old, grumpy, fat man. And then this guy said, ah, you want me? Gave her peacock. <laughs> this is our culture, okay? But the thing is that it's relationship. You cannot. You cannot put a, a scab alone or, or a box in how relationship works because that's individual for person to person. You know that uh, you know like uh, we I, you know we all learn with children. You cannot bring up number two as number one. Uh, the first one you you I always pity the first one. That's where that's the experiment. <laughs> <laughs> we try everything and everything goes wrong. Have you noticed, I don't know, in our family, it's really funny. With Matthew, when he was a baby, Matthew, five minutes old. Matthew, ten minutes old. Matthew, twelve minutes old. We don't have pictures for every minute, really. Hannah, Hannah, born. Hannah, five years old. <laughs> I don't know. Like the first one is just like everything. When, so when, when Matthew cried, <laughs> Hannah cried, oh, just baby, I just finished this. <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's just in our favorite life. But why is there not so many pictures of me as a baby? I said, what? There's plenty of pictures. Hannah born, Hannah five years old. There's, all, there's two. One too many. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so if you want healing, the first thing is, be not wise in your own eyes. Be not wise in your own eyes. It will be healing for your flesh. So, humility. Humility is the first step. Don't come to, oh, I already know. No, always have your approach. I know nothing. Okay? Honor the Lord, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your produce, when your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Okay? This is basically the tithing thing here. And as I said to you, the tithing thing, when we give things, is not to collect money. The, the, what it is about is that this is how I say that the Lord, my God, is my provider. It is not, you know. It's not, uh, but, and you know, because again in our culture, we we say, oh, God is my provider. Yeah, but 
No, it's through our time that we declare he's our provider. It's not through our words. Yes. Just like you know, with everything in the Bible, it's the action that counts. So when we bring our time, that is the way we say, I recognize, I remember, it's the Lord my God who has given me strength mm. to gain wealth. Yes, so when someone said to me, yeah, but, yeah, but it's me who worked. Yeah, but yeah, it was God who gave you the breath. Okay? But this is how we recognize it. We need to get away from this Hellenistic Greek culture where it's just something we say. Because, you know, I come from a culture, as I say, I don't understand why we in Denmark, we have not got any Nobel Prizes for mathematical geniuses, economic geniuses. Because in Denmark, <coughs> there is this law where you, you sign a contract and when you give an X amount of money and when you can claim it on your tax return, okay? But the problem, but with it is that it has to be official. So the treasurer in the church will know how much. And I'm telling you, Denmark, are where the Christian Danes, they are mathematical geniuses. Because many of them, I don't think I, I think anyone got beyond 5%. But if I asked them, are you tithing? Yeah, yeah. So I said, so how does 5 become 10? Yeah, but I'm tithing. But it's 5. No, I'm tithing. It's, it's 5. No, I'm tithing. When they get angry with me, I say, I say, wow. No, so when we bring the first fruit of our substance, now, that we declare, I'm not relying on my skills, on my ability. I'm, a, I'm relying upon his blessing. He's my provider. He's my provider. And do you know what? It doesn't matter if we are in recession, inflation, and whatever, because he is my provider. I remember many, many years ago when there was this, when the NHS here in Bradford went bankrupt and they had to lay off nurses. I said to you guys that if you, you're faithful with your tithes and none, no one will be laid off. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's not the NHS who employs you, it's God. Mm-hmm. And NHS is just an instrument. And when we say it's him, and, uh, and so, so they say, do not, no, sorry, honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of you. Now, why does it say first fruit? Some people, they have, they, they, they want, oh, let's, let's wait a month and then, no, it's the first fruit. Why? It's because if it's first fruit, you do it by faith. Mm-hmm. If you wait, you do it by fear. Mm-hmm. It's all about the relationship. It's about that I trust him. I trust him. I trust him. Okay, so uh, 11, I'll finish soon. My child, so see now he repeats again, do not despise the Lord's discipline. I'm telling you, either you like it or not, if, that's why I say to people many of times when I hear when people say how they communicate with God, I say to them, you are not born again. Okay, because in a part of the relationship, you know, we have to understand the part of the relationship I have with God is that I am his child and he is my father. 
okay? Which means a father or a parent's responsibility is to mature the child. Do you understand? And if there is no kind of correction or discipline or adjustment in that relationship, that means I am not maturing. I don't know about you, when I was a teenager, I thought I knew everything. Oh, my parents they were the stupidest people on earth. <laughs> what do they know, these old people? I knew everything. Now, now I become older. Do you know, now I really, when I look back, how dumb was I? Did you understand? And so we have to understand there is a part of our relationship with God. You know, if God never corrects you, that means God doesn't love you. Now, when I say correction, I'm not here talking about he's destroying you or humiliating you. Or That's not what I'm talking about. But there is a part of God, a part of a relationship with God where he corrects you, adjusts you. Why? So that he can mature you. Why? So that you can carry more responsibility and carry more authority so that you can be a greater blessing. You know, that for me as a, you know, like with, with, with children, you have to, you know, a part of it, you have to grow them to a stage where they don't need you, so to speak, anymore. So they become independent of you, okay? But they don't become independent of you if you don't correct them, okay? And sometimes, but the thing is that in our culture now, correction has is, is become something like equivalent with, oh, you don't love me anymore. Because we, we, we now we define love as kind of, whatever you do, I just love you. No, that's not love. You know, I don't love the neighbor's kids. I don't care what they're up to. As long as they don't hurt me, of course. But like, whatever they do, it's none of my business. But what my kids are up to is my business. And a part of that is not, has to be a co correction because we don't naturally go right all the time. No, none of us have done that. Uh, those you see as the most mature are those who have been corrected the most. We, you can watch the football now, and you can see all these wonderful football players who are so skillful. I'm telling you, each one of them is a testimony of that they have been corrected. Yes. All through their life. You know, even so, a simple thing in how they're running, how they're eating, how they're sleeping, you know, everything. None of it comes natural. And, and now we look at the wow. I saw this uh, TikTok video with, what is this, this uh, singer, what is his name? The, the gingerhead guy, Ed Sheeran. Mm -hmm. And someone said, oh, oh, you're so talented, you're so gifted. Oh, yeah. And then he said, no, I'm not. I mean, he plays a recording of him singing. I can do better than that. And it was like, you know, he said, no, you're so gifted. I said, no, I'm not. And when he took over and played it, you wouldn't believe how bad it was. Okay? And he said, he was, it was practice and training, and training is correction. Training is always... But, it, but, but more importantly, if God does not correct you, discipline you, that means you are not his. You know, that's where many people go wrong when they say, oh, God didn't say anything. Now, if God doesn't say anything, now be worried. 
Silence is the judgment of God. The judgment of God is not that lightning strikes you and something bad happens. No, silence is the judgment. When God is not pleased, if you don't belong, you know, God does not speak to the sinners. God does not speak to those who are not born again. God does not speak to them. And then those who are, bo- who, those who are not born again, the things they are Christian, now they make it up and it becomes an evil spirit they are embracing instead. God will correct you. Because he wants you to mature. Okay, My child, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be wary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves the one he loves. Okay? As a father, the son in whom he delights. Now, he, he, those God correct and discipline are those he loves and delights in. Amen? Those God loves, uh, loves he reproves and disciplines. And, and we, I know that goes a lot against charismatic Christianity because of 99% of charismatic Christians, they don't even know what I'm talking about now because we never heard God, God corrects. I didn't know that. He just said he loves me. No, that's, that's not God. That's just either your imagination or a demon that, that, that wants to keep you at a baby level where you can take responsibility for no one. Can you remember when we learned to drive? I can remember. I was so exhausted after every hour because all I heard from the driving instructor, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. I remember when, you know, in Denmark we, we, we taught to drive on a, on icy things, on a closed circuit. And I just remember, I can still remember it. This is how much faith my instructor had in me. He was standing up in this tower, just like an air control tower. And then we have this track and when I have to accelerate the car and when I have to brake <laughs> and I don't know I'm, of course I did it wrong because I blocked the brakes so the car just starts skidding and uh, and he was communicating with me over a radio and all I heard he didn't say he was it was not like ah! he said, my car <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't care less about me I just heard me, my car <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I just heard all the speaker. My God! Because when when he saw he, when he saw me from the tower, I was skating out of the track. He, he, he lost. Me. He couldn't see me. I got. I just saw the car skating past him when he couldn't see anything, and he could say, "My God!" <laughs> but the thing is, that my driving lessons was all correction, 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 correction. Do you understand? And what, what, what was, was that because he didn't like me? No, it was because he wanted to improve me. Yes. So that he, I didn't need him. Do, do you understand? And now it's not that God don't want you not to need him, but it is for God for you to improve and grow and grow and grow. Because the more mature you become, the more people you can be a blessing yes. to, and the more people will you be able to introduce to the living God. The more people will not go down, but they will go up. Amen? So, so, verse 13. 
Happy are those who find wisdom and those who get understanding. This is the Holy Spirit he's talking about now. You know, for her income is better than silver and her revenue better than gold. Now notice, he's not, he's not saying that silver and gold is bad. He says the real treasure. Okay? She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. This is the Holy Spirit. Remember when long life is in her right hand, in her left hand are witches and honor. And remember the image I gave to you, yes. that when you're embracing the Holy Spirit, the arms goes around you and it supports you. So when you embrace the Holy Spirit in the right hand, there's long life, and in the left hand, there's riches and honor. And, it's, and you know what? And it finds you yes. when you're embracing the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen? Amen. Like, it's not, you know, we are not preaching a poverty gospel. We, we, we're not made a poverty vow. If you have to be the Pope, so, oh, you have to tell, he took the poverty vow. Oh, wow, he's such a humble man. He don't need to pay for anything the rest of his life. <laughs> He's got his own Pope mobile. Right. You know, the, the, the Pope who retired, uh, you know, the Bo two Pope who retired. Uh, the German Pope who retired. They sold his Beetle. Do you know, it was over five million pounds or something they sold for an old Beetle that was from 1950 or something like that. Uh, they were. <laughs> no, we're not, you know, God does not want you poor. Do you understand that? God does not want you to be on a level of survival because people who are on the level of survival are not going to transform the nation. They don't have the energy to, uh, to care for other people's lives because they just try to survive. Okay? Anyway, so her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called happy. This is the life with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, so her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. Do you know, the, the Holy Spirit when he, will always lead you by peace. Uh, Romans 8 talks about those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And I said to you before that the way you can recognize the Holy Spirit when He always leads you, which means you always have a choice. When the devil does it, he always pushes you. You don't have a choice. It can be the same issue, but the Holy Spirit always, with the Holy Spirit, you are always in control so to speak, in meaning you can always say no. Okay? You know, you, by choice you choose to worship him, by choice you choose to read, by choice you do this, by choice. It's, you, you know, it, the devil say, if you don't worship, oh, that's not a revival because there's not enough prayers, you better pray. Okay, I'll talk about it. No, that's pushing. That's not love. You always have a choice. Okay? Always have a choice. Amen. I've spoken too long now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I thank you.